right next to that, I have giant bad mom. I mean, he, yeah. What? What? Come on, Naomi. Get your act now, together. Now, I, I gotta be honest with you. Naomi Watts can be my mom anytime she wants. That's, <laughs> that's okay. From Rosemary's Baby and Reagan McNeil, to Jason and Freddy and Chucky, to Samara, Jigsaw, and Pennywise, we can't get enough. If it's blood-curdling, spine-tingling, breath-quickening, or soul-stealing, we're ready to watch it. Welcome to Hilltop Horror Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Ray Richards. With me tonight are my two co-hosts, Anne Conley. Hey, Anne with an E here. And Ed Anderthal. How you doing, Ed? Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? I'm doing all right, Ed. All right. What are we uh what are we looking at tonight, Ray? What's on the docket? Tonight we are reviewing the 2002 American supernatural horror film The Ring, directed by Gore Verbinski and starring Naomi Watts, Martin Henderson, David Dorfman, and Brian Cox. It's a remake of the 1998 Japanese horror film Ring based on the novel by the same name by I believe it's Koji Suzuki. All right, so what, what did you guys think going into this review? Have you uh, seen the movie before? You know, how long ago was it? Was it new to you? I got to tell you, this thing came out in uh, 2002, and I'm usually pretty good at watching new scary movies, but I had never seen this one, and I just kind of let it go. On the, I mean, I had heard what it was generally about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just graduated high school at that point, and I think I was doing other things, and I just, this one missed me. So 2002, for me was my junior year in college as an undergrad. And, of course, you know, when you're in college, you love going to see scary movies as well. I remember The Ring coming out, and it was a big, big deal, right? I mean, it was, like, really like a penultimate scary movie at that time. I remember seeing it in the theater and definitely being terrified. I mean, everybody – it was sort of like the Blair Witch of its time. Oh, wow. Like, it was a big deal. I remember it being important, and, like, Mm -hmm. I remember, like, a large – um, like people were very interested in it. I remember it mm-hmm. being a big thing. I yeah. just, I, I missed out on that one, like I said. So you said you actually went and saw it and it just terrified you. In the theater. Yeah, I remember it being really scary. Like in my, in my historical list of scary movies, this one is definitely, you know, in that top 10, in the top 10 of like some of those scariest, as you see them for their age type oh, of fantastic. thing. This is gonna so, be interesting. Though. But what I will say is I didn't really want to go back and watch it again. <laughs> I was like, I've seen it a couple of times. Like, that's fine. You know, I liked the movie. I thought it was great for its time. Mm -hmm. But was it one that I want to, like, watch over and over again? Not a lot of replayability there. Yeah, and and we'll get into it a little bit. But, Mm. um, you know, I was generally pleasantly surprised by the movie. I actually saw it in the movie theater as well uh, in 2002. And I was pretty scared. I thought it was good. I actually thought it was pretty creepy and the the visuals are good. I was kind of creeped out on the ride home. I was excited actually to watch it again. You know, when we when we had the list of four or five movies that we were trying to choose from to to watch for this for this episode, I I chose The Ring, so I got to uh, review review the movie I wanted. Through the movie, I noticed a couple <laughs> technological issues. Right? Could this could this movie work today? Oh, like maybe the cassette. Yeah, the cassette, the the static. Is there static anymore? Which yeah, I, know. I, I feel like we'll get into this. it. Yeah, as yeah, we yeah, talk well, about yeah, yeah, we'll get movie. into it with the movie. Yeah, if we're done with this section, let's. Uh, and why don't you uh, play the trailer? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Trailer time. Action. 
Have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it? You start to play it. And it's like somebody's nightmare. And as soon as it's over, your phone rings. And what they say is, you will die in seven days. I've watched it. It was a week ago. I spoke to three different doctors and not one of them could tell me exactly what happened to my daughter. You could find out. It's what you do, isn't it? Ask questions. Teenagers, Katie and Becca discuss a legend about a cursed videotape. Whoever watches it dies seven days later. Katie confesses that she watched the tape with her friends the previous week. That night, Katie is killed by an unseen force. Okay, so when this movie opens up, I thought what was so interesting was the visual treatment of the house and just the scene setting. So something, you know, when you're watching this when you're young, you're not really thinking about like how they film it or why they film it or, you know, any of that. You're just like, okay, cool. A story about teenagers. What? What's going to happen? Um, when are they going to die? Uh, <laughs> but sure. I thought it was cool how they opened it up. So the whole house was greenlit. I don't know if you guys noticed that. The house, the room, everything had... There was a weird color palette. Yeah, yeah it was definitely yes. green, blue, like almost yes, like a yes, wall. Well, and everything well, was raining. Teal. It was always, always raining and as well. Sometimes it looked black and white in a way. Yeah. Like there was just yeah, an muted. absent, a sucking out of, of the, I don't know, color. But yeah, yeah it's interesting yeah. you so, mentioned that. So it was very specifically, yes, green. Everything was toned green in the beginning. And mm-hmm. later in the movie, when the focus really switched, actually everything become, became bathed in red. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but so it was weird. Like when I noticed it, because I noticed the green, 
Well, the, the the tree. And then when I was looking for the red. Yeah, the, the tree was red, right? That so was the only thing, so that though. that was a very no, yeah, no, punctuated piece. No, no, there were scenes piece. later in it oh, that good, were actually okay. overlaid. Excellent. I know. I would want to go back and see it again to yeah. really just kind of understand, you know, what the director uh, was attempting to do with this. But I just thought, so, you know, it opens up, and to me, I was immediately taken back to Scream era. Right. It's funny. I thought Scream too. I yeah. Mean, there was something about it with these two kids there, and like in this setting. Um, the house, it, right? Yeah. I gotta tell you, I'm sorry I don't know what the actress's name is, but there was a dark-haired actress and mm-hmm. a uh, lighter-haired actress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed the lighter-haired actress performance. I thought she was very um, just believable. So believable. And good. And I don't think I've ever seen her again. I know. I believe her name is Amber Tamblin. Okay, Amber okay. Tamblin. And she, yeah. was, she was Katie Okay, in the movie. Katie. Yeah, yeah, that sounds Katie. right. Yep. Katie. Yep. I believe it. Like the way that she trembled. Do you see anything else she did there, though? Let me. I'll. I'll find out. Sure, we'll come back to that later. I just thought she did a really great job. I. T- I totally second that to mm-hmm. the point, like the way that she trembled and the way that you were kind of like, oh, is she just joking, and then immediately was like back in character again, like no, like yeah, no, this stuff just got real and was yeah. like legit you know, terrified. You know, I actually have a, a little bit of a different take from that when i watched it i couldn't tell if it made sense the way that she was kind of oscillating back and forth from being afraid to not being afraid to joking and being afraid like i felt like oh in a way it was the director kind of staging that so that you as an audience be unable to determine it whereas Mm -hmm. in reality she just either would have been really scared or would have been sort of joking around maybe she shouldn't have been so good at pretending about being yeah yeah so i mean if if, yeah i mean if you were really scared yeah i I know i know but i just that was that was what i was thinking as i was watching it as she was going back and forth um you know what kind of struck me as really odd in that opening sequence when those girls are talking and um you know they're they're discussing like this movie and these other things mm-hmm. and and then the mom calls on the phone do you mm-hmm. guys remember that because mm-hmm. they didn't want to answer the phone because right, that's what right. kills you right um and she picks up the phone <laughs> she hands it to her and the whole time i'm like why would you even do that but then after she's talking after amber is talking to her mom the girl in the background was like hey where's your mom's vicodins and i was like oh man 2002 we're already here <laughs> oh man all right yeah, yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> That yep. stuck out to me. I was like, yeah, no, that's accurate. <laughs> but by the way, Amber Tamblin also played in House. She was Martha Masters and Joan from Joan of Arcadia, which is probably where many people know her from. Oh, I haven't seen it, but so, I would watch it. I wonder it. what kind of like, uh, I don't know, incurable disease she had that House had to figure out. I think she was a doctor. I think it was oh, when it was one then. of the seasons where he had like a bunch of other doctors, <laughs> oh, doctors come in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Above and beyond the first scene here, even before the trailer, mm-hmm. I think the trailer has way better music than the movie. That yeah. end like synth punk sort of West Coast industrial. In feel, yeah, it's not there, but it definitely gave it a little bit of energy that the movie doesn't necessarily need because it's supposed to be kind of a scary movie. But yeah, yeah okay, but, but I enjoyed it. That's funny because I hated that. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, as we talk about sort of these flavorful soundtracks, I think that they're really cool. You know, they can bring a lot to the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, to Ray's point, it really wasn't in the movie. It wasn't present. It was sort of the quintessential, um, 
you know, scary tones, just that ominous music kind of in the background of, of the ring. It didn't have, you know, a strong flavor like that. Mm-hmm. But when that came out on the trailer, all of a sudden, like, this, like, rock, you know, sort of soundtrack. I was like, what? I, my head literally turned. I was like, what? What really is that? Right, yeah. And why? Mm-hmm. And, like, why do we? <laughs> why? Not only what, but, like, who who did this? Where? Where? Why? What? Huh? And, like, why halfway through the trailer, it was like somebody literally, like, turned on the radio and, like, the soundtrack began. And they, they started, like, juxtaposing all these images. And you're just like, okay, this is a trailer within a trailer. I just thought it yeah. was kind of weird. Yeah, one one of the things I noticed about the opening scene is they use the word electrowaves. I think one of the girls is like, "Oh, electrowaves," and I was like, "Electrowaves." <laughs> I missed that. What are, what, are, what are they? What are they talking about? Yeah, the um the other things I noticed, I liked the the long shot down the hall with the refrigerator when they open the refrigerator and like the door blocks the hall, yeah. and then they close it, and you're expecting like something to be there, like it was quintessential jump scare that didn't happen. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it happened like twice, I think. Mm. So I enjoyed that, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and also like the old school remote, like the TV remote that's uh, like yeah. the, the 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 that's like a small remote with like the little power button bar yeah. at the bottom. I think I had that remote. I'm pretty sure I had that remote for my TV. Click something. Yeah, and that and this is when like the static <laughs> shows up on the TV, and I'm like, do kids even know about static these days? Like it's something what? I hadn't even thought about, but yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I well, think it I just mean, goes black. I mean, first, yeah. first of all, can we talk about, like, all the nostalgia that's happening in this entire opening act, right? The VHS, the cassette tape, right? To but point, is the that clicker, nostalgia the for 2002? But for us, it is being oh, in yeah, that yeah. generation. Yeah. So, yeah. again, when this was coming out in our prime teenage years, early 20s. This was normal technology. This was, yeah, like, you know, 90s technology yeah. that sort of was like a holdover to mm. early 2000s. So, for us, we used VHS, okay. right, with our race car uh, rewinders and cassette tapes. You know, I, all I could think while I was watching this is, you know, if this was somebody not in our generation watching this today, yeah. would they enjoy it as much? Right. Because it doesn't make any sense to them. Like, as we talk about media evolving, mm-hmm. it literally doesn't make any sense. The entire basis of this is on these VHSs, right? And the yeah. imprint of the imagery onto the film. Mm-hmm. And yes, what right, they do like a second ring or whatever. And then it, be- then it becomes like digital or whatever. Like, I get it, Samara. That's cool. You've gone to the digital era. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at the same time. She, like, she has her own podcast. Yeah, she probably does. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she's imprinting her voice but, but i want uh, to <laughs> <laughs> yes um but i thought like one of the things that made me fall back in love with this movie was all that nostalgia yeah i, I wonder if the nostalgia you know people like stranger things on netflix none of us really were the same age as those kids i didn't live through the arcade era oh, no. and all that stuff but i still have a nostalgia for it because yeah. it's in my early youth in the same way i wonder if kids would have a nostalgia for some of the technology that they see in the ring even though they didn't necessarily use cassette tapes all sure. that much yeah no, that's an interesting point i mean i was born during season two of stranger things so, <laughs> you know, but i love all of the things in there where where are we at? We're at we're at like early nineties, mid nineties nostalgia now. So let's in fifteen years when oh, yeah. uh, we'll, when we'll, we'll the ring is again. now you know super nostalgia, we'll find out when the kids that are that are uh, yeah. you know young now. 
I'll watch the ring. Okay, so one more thing I just want to say about the opening sure. before we start to move on was remember I admitted that I was I was kind of reluctantly watching this, right? I was like, oh, here I go again. Like, I've yeah. seen this movie a handful of times. Okay. Uh, and, you know, and I remember certainly being scary, but I, not something I really wanted to go back and watch again. But what I will say is immediately from the beginning, as we're talking about Katie and her performance and sort of the eeriness and, like, that long shot down the hall, immediately – the movie begins to feel spooky. Like immediately I got that, like, you know, within the first five to 10 minutes, you start to feel a little uneasy, a little scared, like right into it. Yeah. Despite having seen the movie so many times. And like, you know, the other, the other effect that we didn't talk about was the ripple on the TV, Mm. which for its time was very like a unique, right. Type of effect and Mm -hmm. very, and very effective, probably very cheap. But but very effective. Um, yeah, I and feel it's... like the the forty eight million they spent on this movie went more to actors than uh, visual effects. But you know, I think yeah. they made it work. I think yeah, they, oh, yeah. they yeah. still kind of stand up. Yeah, and it was almost like the use of effects and and the lack of effects, right? Right, yeah. that also made it spooky, yeah, right. which I appreciated. At Katie's funeral, Ruth, Katie's mother, urges her sister Rachel, a Seattle journalist, to investigate her daughter's death, as she recalls the night she discovered Katie's disfigured body in the closet with doctors being unable to explain the cause of death. Rachel discovers that Katie's friends were killed in bizarre accidents on the night of her death. She also learns that Becca has been institutionalized after witnessing Katie's death. Rachel goes to Shelter Mountain Inn, the mountain retreat where Katie and her friends watched the supposed cursed tape. She rents the same cabin, watches the tape. It contains gruesome and disturbing imagery. After the tape ends, she receives a phone call from an unknown caller who whispers, Seven. I got to tell you, I liked how she picked this tape right out of the the multitude of yeah. random VHSs on the <laughs> yeah. wall. I saw that and I was like, okay, yeah, she knows what she's doing. She's got a plan. Well, she's an investigative reporter, so she just knows, yeah. right? Yeah, she's got <laughs> so, some skills. Creepy unlabeled tape. That one, please. So, so that's the other thing. Are there investigator, re- investigative reporters still? Like, basically, <laughs> newspapers are, like, dead. So th- this movie's impossible from that respect as well, right? Yeah, we're going to run into a few of those. I got to tell you, I think we skipped over. As this whole scene, this whole chunk of the movie was playing out, it opened up with uh, Naomi Watts as the mother coming in and getting her... Her kid, uh, I think his name is Aiden in the movie. Yeah. And I got to tell you. At the school. That child. At the school, yeah. If you just followed him around for two hours, it would have been a terrifying <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have, I have in my note. I have in my notes, creepy kid. Always a creepy oh. kid. Oh. Yeah. So solid. And r- right next to that, I have giant bad mom. I mean, yeah. he, What? What? Come on, Naomi. Get your act now, together. Now, I, I got to be honest with you. Naomi Watts can be my mom anytime she wants. That's, <laughs> that's okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It, I but, mean, I guess the good news is she's only got two faces, so you know which ones it's gonna be. Yeah. But. Yeah. I guess like being a mom now, I was just kind of like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, you know, I get it. You know, you're you, we've got a full time job, crazy hours. You got to go pick up your kid. That's fine. That's fine. That's gonna you're come late. back up to me too. You get it. Yeah. You don't need to like storm in there mm-hmm. cursing with like your whatever six year old son in the room. Calm down, Naomi. Calm down. Now, get it together. Look, Samara stages the people after they die. Obviously. Because I otherwise, because otherwise they would be dead on the floor. She'd be dead. She's standing right up, looking at the TV when she came out. So for maximum I'm, shock value, I, yeah. And I mean, like, it, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Samara was like, I'm going to put her in the closet and close the door. No one's going to know where she is. Yeah. She's going to come in, and they're going to be like, Oh my god, look at that. I mean, happy that's, Mother's Day. Yeah, I mean, she's all about the effect. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I gotta tell you, I, I really liked Aiden, though. I thought that kid just held through the whole movie. He was probably one of the creepiest things about it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he was. Um, I do. I, I appreciate, though, that the... I feel like the movie didn't ask more of him as a child than some horror movies and some movies in general do right like 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 no more yeah yeah. he was in the background he wasn't like the kid that saved the day right Right. he wasn't he was just a kid right Right. and he was used for his purpose in the plot which is he sees spoiler alert he watches the tape um and you know that that's the drive that gets his mom to kind of move forward but Mm -hmm. but um but yeah they didn't overuse him um like stephen king does with his with his kids most of the time yeah so can we talk about um, Naomi watching the video? So she chose right out of a whole bin. Oh, look at this random video. Why don't I, I just take a look at that? I synced it. Mm-hmm. So she brings it over. She gets the same cabin, right? She checks and she puts it in. First of all, I also have to say color palette, the firing, you know, the fiery tree. So cool. Such a cool effect. Don't I didn't you think? notice the fiery tree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. The fiery tree. Yeah. You're fired. You're that's, that's, how, that's how that's how you that's <laughs> how you know it's the same out. time of day when she comes back at the end. By yeah. the way, do you think she thought it might be porn? <laughs> right. Like it's a tape. It doesn't have anything on it. It's in some. Ra- and plus the dude behind the, the counter is like, Winking. you know, he's a little pervy. <laughs> right. Do you yeah. think like do you think for a moment she was like, did he tape something and put it there? So that I mean, someone's going to take it and watch it. So we're in the cabin. So fiery tree effect. Just really, really cool. Just really neat effects of right, the sun coming through, hitting that tree. Yeah. Again, with the colors. We were green before. We're red now. So sort of this interesting transition. Um, you know, she put pops in the movie. I'm with you guys. Like, I, sometimes I don't really feel the connect. Right? She's an investigative reporter. She's out there to see what's going on. I get that. Did they make reference to the video? Did she know there was a video? She, yeah, they, that's where they get it from the from, from the, the friend from the, the friends, party. right? Yeah, yeah. After the mom right, asked her to Seth, like investigate, from things, Seth she at the OC started smoking cigarettes with the teenagers. So then she pops it in. So what did you guys actually think about the video, the actual video? I, I like it myself. I mean, it's not as good as a Nine Inch Nails video, and that was like five years <laughs> afterwards. So, if you're trying to creep me out, I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was pretty lame, actually. Generally, all things considered, but you know, it was cheesy. But I thought it made a point. What I liked about it is that everything they showed in there, like you said, um, somebody wrote it in uh, intentionally. Like all the things added in there, yeah. yeah, were things they thought about. So it wasn't just like random weird images. All the things you saw, you saw because they wanted you to, They're to telling think a about story. them later. Yeah. yeah, I do remember watching, you know, when I saw that back in 2002, I remember it being really creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember specifically, so, you know, I mean, media and everything else that we've seen, we've been so desensitized in so many ways, right? So yeah. when you watch uh, a nail going through a finger today, you're like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. I Like, That's I saw that in a nine-inch nail, things. right? Yeah, I saw that in a video, like a music yeah. video last week. Although they don't make music videos anymore, so scratch that. But uh, YouTube videos. But yeah, but like same idea. Like you know, the things that were really meant to be overly disturbing aren't really disturbing by today's standards anymore. It's, it's an interesting but, topic. I think it's going to keep coming up in this. Like, yeah. how do we but like traction again, this with sixteen years of distance between them? Yeah, yeah. But again, it made a point. You're kind of like, did. okay, yeah. fine. It's a mechanism it to get where we need so, to go. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's so I like 
it's a, it's the mystery box of the movie, right? Like mm-hmm. you watch the tape and you're like, what does it mean? And it's creepy. Yeah. To me, it was creepy, right? You're like, okay, it's got all this imagery in it. Right. And then as it, as the movie progresses, it plays out, like you said, it it plays out throughout the movie, which makes it right. more meaningful. Um, it which wasn't I which an I enjoyed those things right. that you saw. Someone yeah. wanted you to see those images, and it kind of got you uh, going and into the movie. And at first, you wouldn't realize that, and it's not until maybe a second or third watch you're like oh now i i saw this whole movie in the video i saw uh, yeah. in the beginning mm-hmm. of the kind yeah, of yeah. Thing. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, i i mean i i praise them i think the writing in this movie and the um i don't know overall direction of it it was really thought out like somebody mm-hmm. cared about this when yeah. when they made the plot to it so here here's my question was it the american um director and writer that cared about it or was the uh, the original uh, japanese I, I uh, book th- slash movie that cared about it i don't know i gotta think just off the cusp like it's it's the source material um i think you can't i mean not that you can't but i think it was already there to begin with um you know it was already very popular already before and things are popular because typically like somebody thought about it. I mean, I guess sometimes you can just throw paint on a canvas and no one cares, but what really grabs people's attention is when they notice like, oh wait a minute, it was all a thing. It was all ah, it's all the thing. It's all connected. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. All connected, and yeah. like not to be a Debbie down around movies, because I do love movies, but I always find that the best movies like this are based on a book or based on a play, right? right. Because they yeah. had time to sit down and map it out and right. link all these incredible little details back to one another yeah. so you know again that's really the meta of this whole movie i mean we're, we're, we're kind I'm of jumping to the end the of it original authors but uh yeah no no, no i i agree but like the whole meta of right you're watching this video and then like we said you're collecting the clues to that video and the building this whole story as you're going through the movie it was just so cleverly done like mm-hmm. to your point ed that you just don't even realize that it's happening until you're like oh oh wait that wasn't an accident that, you know, cut to next scene, she sees the ladder. Right. Right. That wasn't that wasn't just an, a weird oops. That was actually totally intentional. And that was one piece of the video as we start to go through it. Genius. Rachel recruits the help of her ex-boyfriend Noah, a skeptical video analyst. He watches the tape and Rachel makes him a copy so they can both investigate where it came from. Rachel experiences supernatural symptoms of the curse, including irregular nosebleeds and having cords stuck in her throat and those are the medical um, medical cords mm. uh which she is forced to vomit out she discovers hidden imagery of a lighthouse and identifies a woman on the tape a horse breeder and morgan anna morgan excuse me and uh who committed suicide after some of her horses drowned themselves off mosco island rachel finds their son aiden watching the videotape oh this is probably my most hated and favorite part of the movie <sighs> i gotta tell you from the get-go like do you guys remember it was right after she had watched the movie and she was sitting in her room and it opens up with aiden spreading peanut butter on bread and i thought for some reason that to me felt very like visceral just the (laughs) back and forth of it and then this kid has got his clothes on he's got his backpack he's made his lunch he walks out the door and says mommy i'm going to school no no No, rachel 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 Rachel. Rachel. he doesn't say mommy bye rachel Bye, Rachel. No. I'm going to school, and she's still just sitting on the bed. Like this kid has done this before. Like this is not some. This is not his first time doing this. Like he's just he knows what the deal is, and the deal yeah. is I got to get my shower, I got to make my peanut butter and jelly, and I got to say bye to Rachel because I got to go to school. That was 
one of the most disturbing things to me about this movie. Like, <laughs> his casual just like, hi, Rachel, sorry, yeah, time to catch the bus. This is this is a no, common no. occurrence. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure he noticed. It's just, to your point, it's common. But right. it, I will say, it's just to Tuesday. me... Totally agree. Yes, just Tuesday. Yeah, it, it made me hate Rachel that much more. Right? I was just like, bad mom! Again, bad mom! I was just like, are you trying to build empathy with me as a viewer for your protagonist? Because I just hate her that much more. And so that was a weird scene for me. Because I was like, I get that you're trying to show me that this kid is even more like uber creepy and self-sufficient and like unusually independent. But, like, where is that going and why? And you're, like, making me feel, again, right, all these negative emotions towards this mother figure, which, again, why? And where is that going? I wasn't sure. I don't know. You know, the other thing I noticed about her was her wardrobe. Like, every (laughs) shirt she Uh, wore was too short. Yeah. It, her midriff was sort of like bare. Through, yeah. Like every shirt, like one shirt, like professional shirts, after work shirts, uh, maybe <laughs> even the fu- maybe even the funeral. I'm not sure. I didn't pay attention to the, the funeral, but the did, did you, was it too was it, was it too short? Oh, that's right. He laid the out her dress. Laid well, that, out that's, dress. Well, there you go. That's the yeah. problem. He leaves for school and she has to figure out what to wear, and she doesn't have shirts that fit. You guys get Naomi, but I get Noah. Like, I was like, that guy is cute. So I thought that was a nice little, like, eye candy That's what you were happening. coming up on, huh? Yeah. I was like, well, clearly, you know, we got Naomi. Like, she's so, beautiful. We got love, you know. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I appreciated that. So, so, I'm, I'm sure I wasn't thinking that when it was 2002. You're just like, okay, whatever. This, like, 35-year-old dude I'm not interested in. So, but now I'm like, hey. Why am I so much older than them now? <laughs> like, when I first saw this movie in 2002, uh, I thought of them as, like, older, you know, they're in their 30s or yep. early 30s, mid 30s. And now I'm watching it going, he doesn't have one gray hair. Mm-hmm. Why if uh, Naomi Watts thought the movie would maybe murder people, did she <laughs> immediately go to her baby dad and be like, uh, I got this movie, but you can't watch it. <laughs> yeah. And then let him watch it. Like, that was the first thing she did. Well, I, I'm going to go and say she's a bad mom and she might have been a bad wife. girlfriend, too. Yeah, I don't know. They, I was going to say oh, wife, but yeah, they're not yeah. married, but mm-hmm. b- baby mama as well. <laughs> um, he was only ever referred to as the boyfriend, so. Yes. Um, yeah, I know it made me laugh when Naomi, when Rachel threw a fit at Noah. You know, you're she such a flake so- and why do I even do this? And when I was like, are you going to grow Oh, and I was like, um, that boy has a job. I think you could probably use him in your life. I was like, kind of like, again, as we're trying to understand Rachel. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. As we're trying to understand Rachel as a character, I was just kind of caught in this, like, again, I don't know where you're going, girlfriend. Like, you're such a bad mom. You need some help, clearly. Like, this guy has a job. He's trying to help you. Yeah, you haven't been around for how long? You're clearly estranged. Okay, like he has a film student that's working oh, yeah, with him. The assistant, right. the right. Bl- the blonde versus the brunette. That's oh. what I have written in my notes here. <laughs> always, always. And right, so then the brunette comes in and gives him like a a little smooch, right? Mm. And you're like, well, dude's a bachelor. What did you want, Rachel? Calm down. <laughs> well, uh, obvi- uh, yeah, I don't but, uh, know. Obvious. <laughs> Obviously, a uh, Me Too hasn't happened yet because he's the <laughs> boss of that situation. She's the right. assistant, uh, yeah. probably being paid by him, and yet sure. also looks like also she's getting, living there. Yeah, also yeah, probably not appropriate. Yeah, yeah probably not appropriate. Right. But I guess well, which okay. came first? Was she his significant other before she became his assistant? Who knows? Uh, I think HR would argue uh, that it doesn't <laughs> matter. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I think it, yeah, I think it depends on your HR department. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, unfortunately correct. I think this was also the point when she was looking at the movie on her own. Yes. Flucking a fly oh, off yeah. the screen. And that might have been one of my favorite parts of the movie. That was my favorite part of the movie. You know my favorite that's my part favorite of the movie. part of the yeah. movie. The fly. Yeah, yeah the, the fly. fly. Yeah. That so is crazy. Well I was just going to yeah. say that favorite so well scene yeah. with the fly right? blew yeah. my mind. Yeah. yeah. Right after the blonde versus brunette scene with mm-hmm. the, the boyfriend, this is where she goes to see Becca in the institution. Okay. Oh, and, okay. And, and I just want to bring this up because... How does Becca know she has four days left? She does a thing with her fingers and she says, you know, she makes it in the four, mm-hmm. you know, the four days or whatever. Like, how does Becca have special knowledge of this? Like, why is she alive and yet somehow knows more than, you know what I mean? We don't see what happens to her, right. but she somehow is imbued with like special knowledge of something. No, yeah, same thing, right? Like, sort of by proxy, she's absorbed this Samara superpower yeah. type of thing. But all, all I could think was like touched by an angel. But the opposite type of thing that she was there, you know, when they were looking for, you know, Katie uh, or when, when Katie was looking for her, we mm-hmm. never saw Becca. Yeah. So we actually don't know where she was this entire time. Was she in the room? Was she down the hall? Was she downstairs? Like, we, we don't even know. So we don't know what happened to Becca during this time. Um, but I appreciated going to the hospital and just how truly eerie that whole scene was. Her makeup. To see her from, like, this vibrant, you know, cheerleader, you know, Catholic student, you know, whatever, girl, uh, teenager, all the way down to this, like, you know, just with the chapped lips that, you know, okay. she clearly, you yeah. know, that they were setting the stage. You know, she's walking down the hallway, distracted by the creepy TV type of thing. Um, no, it just seemed like, you know, another girl in the hospital shot to me. Yeah. And and on top of that, like you were saying, uh, Ray, um, where are you getting all this knowledge from? But that's the point. It's supposed to be creepy. You're not supposed to know. Yeah, I, I guess I felt like this was the weakest scene to me in the movie because it, it was kind of like the obligatory uh, insane asylum scene. And it didn't really make sense within the movie why she would have any information. Like, we don't know, obviously. Yeah. It's not it's not a plot hole. But That's what I'm saying, though. That's the point, right? You're not supposed to know. I guess. It just seems, you know, the videotape, you have all that stuff set up. There's so many things that link together in this girl sort of like why so i think it's fair to say you know is this scene or you know becca being in the hospital driving the plot anywhere no like it's not she didn't get it yeah, really yeah. Did, she didn't get any information from her right yeah. not really i don't believe so um but you know it would have been uh, you know the only thing that would have been weird is that becca just, just disappears like right because she was in the house somewhere hanging well, out with his girlfriend yeah. and, then, well, they, and then we don't and know where she went and dips out. okay so well, we, they, we've got to kind of conclude her story right well they mentioned that she was in the hospital so they could have just left it at that. Yeah, sure. What I will say is, you know, a lot of times, as we've seen before, when books get translated to movies, it's like they try to hit on all these points within the plot, and they don't have time to fully develop them or link them. Sure. So maybe in, you know, the the story or, you know, the Japanese version, this actually, you know, fits more with out. the plot. Well, you know, and it, this was kind of, yeah, like a little standalone. Or it could be the opposite as well, because I'm wondering, do the Japanese have the same insane asylum sort of trope that american horror movies do did they add that in because but, but again, it was Amer- it's an american trope but I, I don't think that that really became so much of a trope until after this movie again like i don't i don't remember like i don't feel like that's like what are you what other movies are you thinking about where you sort of have like you're just thinking of insane asylums being associated with scary movies in general yep right yeah, yeah. It, it's trope of the genre of the genre excuse me yeah i feel like that's been around for a while and i mean you're correct to ask 
uh, what specific example can you think of? And right now I'm, I'm having a blank, but if we do this in a week, I will one, have... One flew over the cuckoo's nest. One, not that's I mean, not really a horror movie, yeah, but, but I, I... You don't I, think that's... But I, but I, I you claim, don't think that I, movie's terrifying? No, it, 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 Jack, yeah, Jack Nicholson is pretty terrifying. Oh, oh man. <laughs> but that's... I think that's unfair, because then that's like saying, like, anything that has to do with the graveyard is thereby associated with a horror movie. Anything that has to do with Insane Asylum is thereby associated with a horror movie. It's, it's just like, you know, How locations and associations. How do you see Insane Asylums in movies? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, an insane asylum is just another version of a hospital, right? So, I'm... technically, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't think ever, I don't think every time you see a, a a mental institution that it's depicted like a horror movie. But I will say that the way that this scene was shot was indicative of mm-hmm. the horror sort of insane asylum things. But either way, I mean, it could be it could be that it was in the original. Yeah, that's um, fair. Interesting to know, or it could be that we, they added it for no reason, or, it's you a know, good question. whoever. It's an interesting question or they paid the actress them. a certain amount and wanted to use her, so they sure. put her in another scene. Okay, so there were two additional things that I wanted to say. One was that, you know, on day four is when she begins to scribble on the faces. Yeah, and she didn't notice it before. Oh, man. Like, good. again, I so like good. Detail. Right? Yeah. Just, again, like, as we're adding another element of, like, you know, the creepiness factor is building. We don't know why these things are happening. Mm-hmm. But something's clearly affecting her, right? And this is, that's after the fly scene. So we already know something supernatural is happening. Yeah. We're starting to buy into it at this point. When she's showing that film to Noah, you're still like, ah, she doesn't really believe yeah. that this is actually killing kids. She's an investigative reporter. I could maybe believe she wasn't trying to kill her baby daddy. Yeah. I, I do think, just to back it up for a second, I do think that they needed to work on her believability of skepticism. Because I don't... Poor girl's only got two faces. I don't think... (laughs) I don't think I was convinced that she wasn't convinced. Right. Right? You're just kind of going along with her. So the idea that her character needs to go through this phase of skepticism until the realization of, holy man, like, this is really killing people. Like, that should be a big realization, like a big epiphany. Um, You know, you kind of go along with her and, and she does... As she's, you know, discovering and and doing her investigative reporting, going along with it and picking up all these pieces. But you never really see that, like, big epiphany change of heart. Yeah, you're right. There there isn't a point at which you see her character realize, oh, man, this is is real and it's supernatural. Like, she kind of investigatively reports her way all the way through the movie and, Mm -hmm. like, just accepts the fact that, like, okay, it went from a movie with a fly in it to a fly... Uh, coming out of the screen somehow, and I'm oh, I'm cool with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- th- when when she was drawing on that the the hair on the um the faces, on the faces, yeah. um, wasn't that when she was lo- she was doing the whole looking for Anna Morgan in the lighthouse? Like yeah. I thought, how long would it take to find that one lighthouse in a big lighthouse book, or how many books did she go through? And that the picture had to be at this kind of the same angle I to mean, be able to tell what she was looking man. at. He ain't got no Googles. I'm just saying, wouldn't she run out of seven days just looking for the lighthouse? <laughs> Actually, I, I think maybe yeah. <laughs> that drove me crazy because I was trying to put my frame of mind back in the world of microfiche. Right. And I was like, first of all, you do have Google, right? In 2002, so get a line, okay, girlfriend, right? right? 1999, I, like, juice, like everything. I, I this don't... is the advent of the internet for sure. But but I was laughing because I was like. Why are you, again, to Ray's point, why are you looking for the needle in the haystack with all of the lighthouses? Let's just even assume you're in America. 
This is the big assumption you're even in America, right? Let's sure. assume you're in America. And like, you know, I don't know about you guys. We did like lighthouse tours when we were kids. So I've seen lots of lighthouses. Never heard of that. And, Me either. And they do look different from one another. But like, right, pouring through books of all these, oh, like to your point, no way. But meanwhile, you could have done a quick search on a beach full of dead horses. <laughs> How about that? How about you start there? Because that's a little unique. A little more noteworthy. I'm just saying. I immediately was like, why don't you look for a beach full of dead horses? Crazy idea. Tell me, I was like, the part where Aiden watches the movie. Yeah, this, this, yeah, this is where he watches the movie. I'm so glad I'm right about that because um, all I can keep thinking like, is this somehow supposed to be a weird analogy about like leaving guns around the house for your kids? Mm. Because as a parent, if you had any inkling that you yeah. had a murder tape how mm. would you leave it anywhere mm. where your child could even get to so it? so here's here's a question i have where did she leave the tape it they don't matter. because I, I i thought about it when and i didn't go back and watch it but i thought about it yeah. when i saw him watching it and mm. i was like did they show us what she did with the tape and where she put it that he would have picked it up so. no where they make the copy in her house? Did she have dual VHS in her house? No, 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 no. I think she made the copy in the the, the equipment the studio, room, right? probably yeah. in like the newspaper room or something. Even if you thought for a second you have a murder tape, no, but how, I, I think that's how? the point. She didn't believe it though. See, and this is why I think that realization would have been helpful okay. because up front she wasn't we believing that this tape did anything. But then uh, I think but Fly then why scene, didn't she come out of her room when her son was going to school that day? She was obviously shook. There was something wrong with no, her. No, that's something. just bad mom syndrome. Like, the kid does it but every this, single morning. Was, he makes his own lunch. He gets stressed. He goes to school by himself every single morning. But, but, the, yeah. but this this is after the fly scene. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. he gets the right. tape, and then she has this mind-blowing realization. Mm-hmm. But she was out that whole time, right? Then she gets home. And he's seen the tape. Yeah. No, no, no. She wakes up in the morning. Yeah. She has the dream. She has the dream, right? And then she wakes up in the... Remember the the grabbing... Samara grabbing her arm. The Freddy Krueger. And she wakes up and you think, Uh, oh, what's going on? And she walks out and he's watching. Now, now look. Her reaction to him watching that tape, she believed it previous to... Maybe during that dream is when she came to the realization that it might be real. When she saw her arm. So I'll give her that. Maybe. Maybe. But if not, like... When she, she should, saw her son watching it, she knew. It she knew. Like, it was bad news. Like, yeah. she wasn't like, oh, you shouldn't have watched that because you're going to have nightmares of, like, dead horses or whatever. She no. was like, holy crap, you're going to die. Gonna, yeah. yeah. It's a murder date. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is bad mom should have gotten home in her, like, whatever time at night frail state of mind, found that tape, right? I'm, and, I'm, like, hit it. Like, remember that she put it wherever. I, I, I'm, I'm saying she should, she should always have had it on her. Like, why she had it anywhere else but in her purse where she knew where it was. Like, right. why would she have left it in the house at all? I mean, you put it on the top shelf of, of your, uh, you know, your, what do you call it? Your closet with the shoes or the t-shirts or, or whatever. Or, or like, the gun. Or the gun, yes. I'm at this point where, like, now I'm trying to think, like, are we just trying to make analogies about things? Is there something deeper here that I'm just missing because it seems so placid on top? I think that the gun analogy is just a really interesting one, generally speaking. I mean, I do think that, you know, she left that tape wherever before she thought it was anything. Yeah. So I think okay. I think it's a little unfair to you know, but I, oh, I but I I think it's a really good point you know to your, to your point saying like you know you're getting home you're you have this murder weapon essentially in your house 
And you're not like, you know, jumping all over it, protecting it, ripping it out, making sure that your six-year-old son, again, again, I mean, just putting it mom, tall. Just putting mom. it tall. I, so, so I just had a thought. You know, maybe just like she didn't know where her dress was and she's a bad mom, she didn't know where the tape was, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, she just, I believe it. No, yeah. Okay. She just For didn't sure. know. Yeah. Like, okay. Are we, are we gonna okay, move yeah, on let, to the next yeah let's move on to the next topic. Yeah. Leaving Aiden in Ruth's care, Rachel heads for Mosco Island to speak to Anna's widower, Richard, while Noah travels to Eola's psychiatric hospital to view Anna's medical files. On the ferry to the island, the, a horse is affected by Rachel's cursed presence and leaps to its death. On the island, she discovers Anna had an adopted daughter, Samara, but Richard denies it. Rachel speaks to the island doctor, who explains that Anna adopted Samara due to her infertility. Samara possessed the ability to psychically etch images onto objects and into minds, tormenting her parents and their horses. Noah finds a psychiatric file on Samara, which mentions a missing video record last seen by Richard. Rachel sneaks into the Morgan house and watches the missing video, which shows Samara explaining her powers during a psychotherapy session. Richard discovers her and strikes her. Realizing Samara's evil is still at large, he electrocutes himself in the bathtub. Noah arrives and he and Rachel enter the barn, in a loft converted into a bedroom to isolate Samara from her mother, they find an image of a tree behind the wallpaper. Rachel recognizes it as the tree at the Shelter Mountain Inn. Okay, so the, the can I just jump to the fairy? Yeah, fairy. Oh, please. I have oh, things to say about Lord. this. Oh, Lord. Okay, in my notes, I have a giant leave that freaking horse alone. What are you doing? Let's walk up to a strange animal and try to pet this horse who clearly doesn't want anything to do with you multiple times. I mean, I just felt like she was antagonizing the horse. So then I was like, oh, is Samara sort of taking her over to antagonize this horse on purpose? Or are you just that stupid? She's a bad mom. And a horse tamer apparently. I, 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 she's a bad mom so she's bad at like caring for things like bad at horses i have i have written here why does she keep messing with the horse yep and then quote daddy my horse the little girl yeah. and I, that little girl scarred for life oh yeah like she's like she's all little. the yeah. people yeah. on that she loved that her. horse she took care of that horse she raised that horse she trained yeah. it and now and, it just murdered itself yeah. into the and, water and and just in just like the fly scene i think mm. like what the icing on the cake for me is is the horse didn't just jump off the boat, it <laughs> jumped and it caught its hooves oh, and yeah. like Oof. went over, tumbled. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, like it was like it was, the it trip was brutal. Was, yeah, he didn't do it right. He just needed to go. <laughs> and it's funny that that's the point you two both made about the horse. Because what I wrote about the horse was that uh, he was the smartest person in the movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> when that horse just looked at her and was like, "No, I'm done with all this. I got to get out." I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm with you. I'm horse with you. Go. Like, Hell no. It ain't gonna be good for nobody." What annoyed me was the pool of blood. And as we're collecting our clues throughout this movie and seeing the scenes of the videotape, mm-hmm. all I could think was, when in the world are you, are you seeing a pool of blood like that anywhere else? Like, you happened to be on the ferry, and that horse got all crazy and committed suicide, and you saw all the churning of the blood in the mm, wake. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. Right. But all these other kids who are seeing the video, where are they seeing pools of blood? Right. Like, where's the likeliness that you're going to see these images? Oh, so that just kind of bothered me. Okay. Well, we, we make an assumption, of course, that everybody sees the same thing when they watch the video, but... 
No, I the, think that's fair, but, the, the but that three, was a big one. Yeah, the three of them watching the video might have seen the same thing because they were watching it in that particular time frame, okay. which would, they would have been impacted together. But We don't know exactly what they I, saw on the I, video. It's, it's I, I don't know. We, we're, well, we're, you know. And there were other images in the video that we that they did not see, which I realized when we saw the video at the end again. So mm-hmm. like that picture of like all the like human beings climbing over one another, like they yeah. didn't see that. Yeah. I think they – did we see the fingernail and the nail? Uh, we saw a reference to the fingernail, she, her oh, trying to climb out of the well later on. Right. Yeah, that was at the end. But when, we didn't really see, like, Naomi so someone could have down, Naomi watches down in the well. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, so Can yeah. Can I tell you, I really liked, um, I, I don't have his first name here, which is a shame because I've always enjoyed his performances, but uh, Mr. Cox. Yeah, Brian, Brian Cox. Cox. Brian Cox is Mr. Morgan. Us just too. coming through again, just <laughs> solid as always believable looking at you like yeah no you don't want none of this and she's like yeah. but i have questions and he was like well that's your problem now because i have uh you know i gotta ride the lightning yeah so the the thing i liked about um which having seen the movie before okay. like i was reminded of this on the, on the rewatch mm-hmm. which was that they were really playing for like the dad's the bad guy yeah, they in were. There, they were, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. really playing yeah, for the, the typical, like, movie, yeah. yeah. I mean, even even with him being belligerent to her and all that, all the yeah. way through to sort of the the, the fake out ending, right? Um, was like the dad's bad. Yeah. Um, and I appreciated for once, dad. I appreciated wasn't bad. that. Yeah, dad wasn't bad. Yeah. That's nice. It wasn't great either. No, no, but no, he, he was driven in pretty much nuts, right? To some extent, I think by the girl. I think the whole point of the movie is that this girl was just, like, evil, incarnate, and that I don't know how much he tried to embrace that, maybe not as much as uh, the girl's mother, but, um, yeah, you know, maybe he he didn't do good things, but I think, I felt like at the end of the movie, uh, she was was what she was, and she was just a force of nature. I felt like, you know, something that was interesting with his character, too, was when they were talking about the birth. Right, the, sort yeah. of these allusions to we see the live birth certificate a little later on, um, and that he specifically says like she's not natural, right? Mm-hmm. She's not, she's like not really meant to be here, and it definitely meant me. It did. It definitely left me wanting to know more about that. Like, oh, are we going to get a prequel? Well, I think, about what you know, how did she come to be? So that I was think never in really one of the answered. Story she was adopted. I don't think she was ever actually that woman's daughter. Well, that's what's confusing, right? Yeah, okay, Which is good. cool. You're not because like not I the like that. No, no, yeah, because it was, um, you know, at the same time it was you're seeing that certificate when they're doing the records. He's digging through the records, and you very specifically see a live birth certificate record yeah, yeah. with Anna Morgan's name on it. Okay. So you're like, oh. Is this like, you know, IVF before mm-hmm. people knew what IVF was type of thing? And like, was she inseminated with like the devil's sperm or who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Something I also liked about that section of the movie. Um, I think that was when um, uh, Baby Daddy, somebody. Noah. 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 Uh, I, how surprising you would remember. My boyfriend. Uh, Noah came to go look for movies, and the gentleman that was in charge of the movie situation said something <laughs> along the lines of, like, I'm not an idiot. I know you're not the father. But then he just let him look at the movies anyway. Like, he looked <laughs> into the face and was like, yeah, you're not the right guy, but here you go, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> oh, I like it's that a, guy. <laughs> yeah, I like them too, but at the same time, I was like... I felt like dude's bored, right? Dude's bored on his job. It's Wouldn't you let be, this other I mean, guy? 
Like, I would be chuckling if I was that guy. I'd be like, you're claiming to be a 75-year-old man. You're clearly what maybe say, 35. Working out and eating well is how he looked so young. Right, but, like, that's why, like, they exchanged that knowing glance. Yeah. Like, I thought it was funny. And I, I just thought, like, that, that little piece of levity in the whole movie kind of sure. cracked well, me up. I like the scene, but the whole time I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Come on, you like having a job, right? Oh, oh, you were concerned for the the videographer, the I the was. records keeper. Well, like, what are you doing, oh, man? Well, well <laughs> he 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 was African American, so he probably had to be worried about a job if he screws up one time. I that, would that, I would agree with you that. You know, you don't get take backs. Yeah. Well, well, then it did make me laugh because, of course, you know Brian Cox, Richard Morgan, or whatever was the last one to check out the right. tape, right? right? And it's right. like, oh, it was you. And then you're like, oh, oh my gosh, like, is Noah actually going to get, mm-hmm. you know, arrested? Like, I was legit, if we're playing along, yeah, well, quote long unquote. Game, yeah. So I was really happy to see the next scene when he was out and about and wasn't arrested. I liked how uh, uh, Mr. Morgan electrocuted himself. And oh, then man. no one cared after that. That was so intense. And nothing yeah. was said. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. one noticed. No one was reported. They just went and started busting up his barn. And that was it. That was well, all he heard of Mr. Cox. Well, what I thought, what, what I thought about that when it happened, I was like, she touched the door. Oh, they man. broke in the barn. Fingerprints. Like DNA. her fingerprints are all over the place. The cops yeah. are going to show up and they're going to find basically his wife's prints. She's right. been dead. The daughter's prints, maybe she's dead, right? Yeah. Gone. And then Naomi Watts's prints. Right. And uh, yeah, and she's no, going. To, she's going to jail. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I felt like it was so gimmicky. I didn't care. Quite honestly, I was like, Brian Cox is here for two seconds. Yeah. Like, he's such an epic actor. You completely underutilized him. He did his Brian Coxy thing. That was fine. <laughs> and then he electrocuted himself. Whatever. I was like, next. Yeah. You know, you know. actually, ba- this also kind of calls back to Scream because they had – what was the actress's name in the beginning of Scream, which was the big deal? They made her like the headline girl and she died in the oh, first the intro Drew scene. Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. And in the same way, Richard Cox is kind of like – they were like, who could we get – Brian Cox. Like, Brian Cox, I'm sorry. Who could know, we get to be the bad – scream time well, to put on the TV. Well, it's the bad dad, right? Who could we yeah. get that people would believe would be the important bad dad and instead oh, yeah. we're going to kill him off? No, and I about his death scene, like how much equipment did he have? Like, he had that whole bathroom hmm. stack. He a must toaster. have been, like, waiting for that for a long time so he could, like, bring the last piece up and electrocute himself. It wasn't the first time he thought about it. No, no. He, yeah, he didn't do that in the 15 minutes between when oh. she left and came back. Yeah. So that's interesting because I felt like it was a possession as well. Like, when he seemed semi-normal, and then to me it seemed like he flipped a switch, and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, not to be too literal or figurative about the switch flipping, but, right, <laughs> you know, hey. he, he, hey, uh, you know, he gets his toaster and his, yeah. you know, his, you know, electrical cables and jumps in there with the horse bit. But to me it seemed so frantic. But I like, like you the horse, the horse bit. I forgot, bit. I forgot about yeah. the horse bit. Like, well, if we're going to go, we might as well make it unique. Right. Which, which also, I will note that when I saw that, in the theater i believe you see him put the horse bit in his mouth oh, and i thought it was bad. interesting that in the vid- that the version that we watched over the weekend that they had edited that out okay so there's a term for for what you're describing where people think something that didn't happen uh, it, or maybe like, it did and they edited it out because that no, does it, happen too it could be yeah that could happen too but, but what's the term I, I, don't know, I, I don't know what it is but no, i'm just saying there is a term for that it's thing. been very popular lately like you remember some sort of old TV show had yeah. a certain thing, but his name was slightly different. I, I felt like I remembered it because it was so graphic for that time. Like okay. you know, it was something. Yeah. Specific. Well, well, versus a horse bit, it should go in, goes in your mouth. Like yeah. that's like it should anyway. 
Yeah. Okay. So uh, cin- cinematically, something that I wanted to mention that I thought was really cool was when they went into the barn mm-hmm. and right the ladder again leading up to the area yep, where Samara was, up to that. Yeah. was that the way that it was lit, mm-hmm. that area was haloed. Yeah. So, right. So now you're seeing this like. I really love the cinematography. Oh, it was cool. Whoever it was, was so well done. Whoever was taking those pictures did a, gore. such a great job. Our boy Gore. Our boy Gore. And yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so I just thought that that scene was so well said and creepy, though, at the same time, right? Then they have to go all the way up this ladder and you see like sort of the dust-laden bed and toys and everything on the TV. I grew up on a farm mm-hmm. and we had a loft. Yeah. On either side of where we had the hay, right? There was hay oh, loft yeah, on the left and the loft. right, and then there was one kind of up atop. Mm-hmm. It wasn't obviously a bedroom. Um, it wasn't shaped like a dollhouse, sure. but we did have a ladder that went up there from time to time, just like the one in the movie. And it's scary just going up the ladder. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, that, that's 100%. scary enough. Yeah, no, just I mean, it looked like it. Nothing else. Like I am too tall off of the ground, and dangerous things can happen now. This, to me, was a big turning point that the first time you're watching the movie, you're starting to, you know, think about, do I need to feel sympathetic about Samara? No, no, I never once started to feel sad for her. So Um, even, okay, so because... I I have to say, at one point I did, but it was only for about five, ten minutes before, like, the movie continued. At some point, I thought, like, oh, maybe she's just, oh... Her mom put her bag around her head and then shoved her in a well. <laughs> but then I realized, like, oh, they did that because she's a murderous psycho and, like, it just had to be done. Rachel returns with Noah to the cabin at Shelter Mountain Inn, where they are led to a well beneath the floorboards. They remove the lid and Rachel is pushed inside. A hand grabs her and Rachel experiences a vision of Anna suffocating and dumping Samara into the well, where she survived for seven days. Samara's corpse surfaces from the water. After Rachel is rescued from the well, they arrange a proper burial for Samara. Noah tells Rachel that they are now safe as more than seven days have passed since she watched the videotape. So they come up. All right, fine, I get it. You somehow figure out that there's a well underneath this building because there's a, you know, a shallow point in the floor. I'll yeah. follow you on that, The marbles right? were a cool touch, though. I like that. It. It, was, it was cinematically and, um, you know... Um, auditorially very entertaining i like that part but then once he chopped the floor out and you realize like Mm -hmm. oh floors don't work like that i'm even willing to let that go like the fact that that floor would have not lasted for more than five seconds because there was no support (laughs) under it that's okay right you know whatever we hacked them all out lee (laughs) i'm even okay with that but once they dropped the stone down the well and didn't hear a drop and then the floor collapsed and she got hit in the face with a very heavy piece of glass and plastic. And then you can see as she's falling down the well, bouncing her skull off the wall, and then all of a sudden just wakes up like everything's fine. And he's shining the light down there, and they're like, oh no, it's like, you know, 20 feet. It's whatever. You know, it's not a big deal. Like, where? Oh, I just, it made me so mad. <laughs> I was so mad. Did the TV, did they show the TV fall back? But why wouldn't the TV have gone with her? Yeah, why Why she ain't got no TV down there? Because it's supernatural. The whole thing's just, right? You have to suspend your I belief because yeah. the whole thing's supernatural. I, I guess, but they obviously Samara needed the TV and gravity to help her get down into that well in the first place. <laughs> it was just a bump jab. Yeah, I mean, it could have hit her and then, like, ba- like 
come back off the the side of the well. You know what I mean? I I, I can I, I mean, guess I can go there. How hard would it have been to just be like, oh, bloop, oh, that's kind of deep. Like, yeah. Why yeah. did it have to be infinitesimally deep and so like we don't yeah. know where it's just like. Oh, we dropped a thing. Oh, yeah, that's pretty deep. Let's not. Oh, shit. I got yeah. hit with the TV. Yeah. Oh, but I'm still okay. We The other interesting thing that that movie, I mean, that part of the movie does that I don't think the rest of the movie does, which is shows the water physically changing the nails. Like, it brings the nails yeah. up and, like, it does all, it manipulates reality in a way that I don't think the rest of the movie does. I don't think you see that happen with her powers anywhere else. No, water was a definitely a very heavy theme in this movie oh though. sure yeah yeah like yeah obviously the with place. the well yeah sure. i and thought the rain. that, that yep. effect rain, was so cool though right with the nails like with the I mean, screws yeah. coming out of the floorboards was such that just might a have cool been one of my favorite parts of the movie too yeah very very cool visual trick yeah. um i i will say you know although i found like the whole end terrifying basically that i felt the same way it was just really irritating to me on multiple levels that <laughs> we had so right uh, meticulously designed oh Oh, look at this ladder you know, and look yeah. at the bloody you know bath with the horse and we're mm-hmm. collecting all these clues to come down to like you know slapstick <laughs> murder at the end of it yeah. um but what i will say is you know it, it did actually sort of shock me i mean that was one of the most shocking moments to me when that tv slides down out of nowhere you're also like oh, yeah, wait no, a second where, where did this why like why that. was this tv even perched halfway into the hole to begin with like the whole <laughs> physical placement of the tv and the fact that it was still plugged in and and the fact that the plug held the TV. There's nothing, nothing about that scene that made any sense. Well, I think, you know, Noah it, is a, a professional videotape watcher, so maybe he's not so good with an axe. You know, <laughs> what, are you, what are you gonna do? Um, but like still, you're like, okay, well, we'll you know, we'll roll with it. But what I will say, um, sort of putting again your horror lens on this and mm-hmm. sort of the other videos that we've seen since and the other mechanics that we use in other videos, once she was knocked down there. And once she came to again, I actually had a moment, even though I had seen the movie before, where I was like, oh, my God, maybe she's dead and this is her dream. Why is the cabin built over the well and all that? Like, that's a very vague vague thing like they don't explain it Seems and it's like just it should be it's just, important yeah you know, it's, yeah it's just there to facilitate yeah. the movie like if you would have been like oh the father had the had those built because he wanted to hide the well or something like that but yeah it's not like that. i was gonna say that might actually be in ring too because i swear there is an explanation somewhere where they talk about building these cabins over that well do, do you know interesting. do you know honestly i've never seen seen ring two but okay. i I kind of remember that as well. Yeah, there, I, there is some kind of right where they want to hide the well. They want to hide what they've done. I kind of feel like it's uh, like you're you're trying to explain the joke to somebody though. Like if you didn't tell the story yeah. in the movie the first time, like now you're just trying to tell people, well, well, you didn't get it because this is why it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I can totally appreciate that. I mean, I don't mind again as we talked about, sort of like you know the live birth certificate or the cabins being over the well. Not everything has to be explained to the nth degree. Like it's okay to leave yeah, like a little bit of mystery. Sure. Like it's okay, um, you know. But I think that we're all just generally annoyed with sort of the mechanisms of how they're finding this well, and then she's thrown in there, you know, unbelievably survives for some reason. But then you know, moving past that, you know, finding Samara down in there, yeah. right in the well with her. Um, you know, uh, one of my big notes I had written down was the uh, body rotting was probably the weakest FX effect of the whole movie. I yeah, felt. I mean, I think that was good for 2002. But yeah, it was uh, maybe something they could have done differently. Yeah. So I, I felt like 
narratively they made the decision to have her come up out of the water whole so that you felt sympathy for her, right? So Naomi Watts could Correct. hold her Correct. and it could be a yes. little girl oh, and mommy. a look and oh, mommy and that's it. Yeah. yeah. And I and I felt like that made it so that she had to kind of disintegrate and it, I agree, it was weak. And I, I don't know that that it was a good decision to have her come up as a as a I mean, as a little girl. It was even worse than Raiders, right? Can we say that? <laughs> it was no, worse than I, Raiders. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. If we could classify Raiders as a horror movie because of the end, then we could watch it. Well, um, I mean, could could you do a face melt? Right? Could you do a wax face melt? Like that would have been better than that pseudo bad textures CGI that they did. I, I, I personally, I think they just should have cut. And then cut back, and she should have been a skeleton. Like I think that would have been just as good. Sure, it's super. Probably creepy. would have saved him like you know hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, in two thousand two. Right. Um, it super creeped me out when she came up as a whole little girl. I was just like, oh, what's new? What happening? That doesn't make any sense. And then you're like, okay, I think the point is that it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, you know what is true? I I did. I think there was a moment where when she was surfacing, I was like, is she still alive? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. is she gonna come For up and second? kill? Is she gonna sure. kill her? Like, did they just? Oh yeah, I thought you know that what I mean. And, and so, because it's supernatural, you just don't know what to believe at this yeah, point. So I, I right? guess I, so. I, re, I I rescind my earlier comment. It was not just for so the the mommy sort of thing. I guess there was, a, was a horror moment. The belief, but yeah. it is all yeah. part of that tangent. So you know, as much as we're both like we're all saying, oh, I don't really believe. We're not leaning into this empathy track for the Devil Child, right? For Samara, <laughs> they they are trying to build that. I think that's the point, right? They're yeah. trying to show you her really difficult upbringing, They're, the halo of effect they're at least trying to muddle it they at least yes. don't want you to know yes. exactly what's going they on they suffocated her she was yeah. thrown down into this well she was still alive mm-hmm. they closed her off for seven days which by the way i actually thought that was super cool how they brought that full circle aiden warns rachel that it was a mistake to help samara rachel realizes that noah's seven days are up and rushes to save him but the vengeful ghost of samara materializes on his tv screen crawls out of it and kills him rachel finds his disfigured corpse and returns home to destroy the tape she concludes that she was spared because she made a copy, which Aiden watched. Rachel has Aiden make a copy of the copy to show to someone else, saving him from Samara. Oh, man. I think my favorite part of this whole movie was when this woman's child looked at her and went, you're not supposed to help her. I was like, yes, yes that, is, that is the point of the whole thing. Why are, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, I remember when the movie came out, that, that was like the big thing. It's like the sixth sense. It's like, I see dead people and he's dead, right? Mm-hmm. Like, spoiler alert, he's dead. Um, And in this movie, it was like, the dad was the bad guy. You recover the bones and then the spirit is laid at rest. It's and then the kid's like, good. yeah, and the kid's like, no, not that. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. Yeah, you think it's all going to be like sunshine and bubbles and like yeah. puppies. And then all of a sudden it's like, um, you just unleashed the devil actually I really thought that uh the end of this movie was gonna redeem itself i for a second when he said that i was like oh man oh we're gonna get into it now okay yeah it's interesting because um he he does say like you shouldn't have helped her but wh- what did they do like she she doesn't materialize at the end in some way that's more than what she did before or yeah. are we to believe that like her coming out of the TV at the end was something that was that was new that she didn't do otherwise, and now she's somehow like free. I never saw Ring Two, so I don't know. 
Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So I assumed, and maybe incorrectly, that every time she came out of the TV. So did I. Yeah. Okay. So my assumption was right. We hit static. And then she comes out, which also, by the way, we haven't talked about, but like how freaking terrifying was that? That was like in 2002, that was the mind-blowing effect. Yeah. Like the fly thing was awesome as you're getting warmed up. But that was the, like, people jumping out of their seats and screaming moment. I mean, that was the, like, oh, my God. Like, pe- like her climbing out of the TV, right? The the wood, the floor soaking, her broken, you know, fingernails, like, you know, coming across the floor and chasing this guy down. Um, just, like, l- viscerally terrifying. So can, can, I, can I make a confession? Hmm. It's the first time I've ever seen that piece of that scene. <laughs> because when I was in the theater... <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> Would you hide? I So I have two mechanisms in the theater for horror movies. So I don't want to watch something. Uh, I wear glasses so I can very easily just tip them up and then everything's blurry and it's oh, all yeah, cool. So right? Good. Yeah, that's 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 that works 90% of the time. Or yes, I just I just avert my eyes and, and don't watch. I thought what was very interesting about that whole sequence is that at one point, um, Naomi Watts had the wherewithal for the first time in the entire movie, just to throw the thing in the fire. And I thought it was very interesting because you have this balance between the water that was constantly around Mm. uh, the murder scenes and, like, the ghost and thing. Like, there was always a a water theme about it. But then you use fire, you know. I guess it's pretty basic, but, like, the fire and water back and forth. But then she realizes there's another cassette under the couch. And why wasn't burning everything an option? Like, why did you just burn the one and not the others? As we get to the end of the movie, we see that she's pushing her fingers onto her son's fingers to make a copy of the movie so that maybe this thing is not going to come after them. And the whole time in my head, I'm thinking like, no, 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 don't do that. Mm. No, don't, don't, don't listen to evil because once they don't need you anymore, they will murder you and take all of your things. So why not just burn it all? But I guess the moral of the story was, um, I don't want my son, who I don't pay enough attention to, to make him breakfast or even say goodbye to him <laughs> when he goes to school in the morning to die. So we're just going to make copies of the murder movie so that hopefully he'll live and it won't come back and murder us? Well, was that... Is that what I'm supposed to take out of this? So, I, if you recall when she's, you know, ripping the video, the VHS apart and throwing in the fire, which, you mm-hmm. know, great call on, like, the juxtaposition between the fire and the water. I think yes. that's super cool. Um, and again, like, with the green and the red. I think I think if we go back and watch it again, we'd actually see more opposites kind of sure. jump out throughout the movie, which was cool. But um, if you remember, she's screaming, why me? Because Noah was killed, right? What was different about me? And she's trying to figure out why she survived and he was killed. Right. She's ripping this out and she's burning the film. And then she looks under there, right? And she sees the copy sticker, mm-hmm. right? So then she realizes, oh, because I made a copy. Right. Now, watching it again, what bothered me was she kind of assumed it was this mechanism of physically making a copy mm-hmm. versus getting somebody else to watch the video. And I was like, that's not entirely fair because not only 
you know, did you make this copy and distribute it like an idiot? But you were also a negligent mother. And also, (laughs) your child also watches this. Um, So uh, to me, it was really like a two variable experiment that she, you know, I guess she kind of like worked on covering both of her bases of having the kid cover. But I also, and that's the point I'm sure it's supposed to be suspensable. But it really irritated me, especially being a mom, that you're like, well, let's just take a chance on throwing this video back in this, like, defunct cabin area, which nobody visits. Mm-hmm. Go put it in a Blockbuster in 2002 or whatever, right? Am I right? Talk about swapping it out. Go to a Blockbuster, swap it out in one of, like, those old school, like, nobody will ever know. And then they'll watch it and, you know, the the curse continues um, type of thing. But um, I, you know, I, I also get to the point. Where I'm just thinking, how long can this continue? Because nobody else is figuring that out. Hmm. Right? Nobody else is going to figure that out. So you're just going to put this somewhere and one other person dies and then it's done. Well, no, because the, the, the four kids who watched the movie all died, right? So if whoever watches the movie dies, right? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm not saying nobody else will die. I'm saying nobody else will figure out to make a copy and redistribute it to save themselves. So she's trying to save herself by making a copy and get somebody else to watch it to save. She's trying to I'm save sorry, save Aiden. Yeah. But really, isn't he saved after they make a copy and one person watches it? So just you know, that one person dies and that's it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and she's cool. Then go with get that. the cape. Then go get the tape and burn it. I mean, isn't she? Aren't aren't they saved if there's no no more movies? Why is burning all the boomies not an option? Well, and we're, well, and we, so we're assuming, of course, that Samara just can't overwrite another tape. Sure. Right? That she just can't create this thing out right. of whole cloth somewhere else. And we don't really know how that particular videotape was created, correct? No. Well, then we why doesn't she just, that. like, overwrite all tapes everywhere and just everybody dies? Mass May- murder. Maybe she has the power now that she's free. Oh. Maybe. Maybe. I haven't watched a VHS in a while. I gotta tell you. <laughs> The whole She's thing, digital now. Don't forget. The only thing I could think of watching the end of this movie was like the moral of the story is um, my one child is worth more than all of the other people that could die because of this. And that was the whole saving grace of it. It was like she was pushing her fingers mm-hmm. into her son's fingers to mm-hmm. make another copy of it. We're going to murder people because you're a psycho little butt needs to keep living because all of a sudden i want to be a good mom like where's the hey let's just let it end with us it might not work out for us very well buddy but i you know what at least no one else has to deal with this because she's not dying she'd be killing her kid i watched the murder movie i left the murder movie around for you to watch it let's not let anybody else's family watch the murder movie why is that not an option I, I have a I have a solution actually, and it harkens back to an earlier horror movie. Okay. You do what they did in Poltergeist. You throw the TV out of the house, and uh, she can't get you because there's no TV. Right. Right. Like she comes out of the TV, does she not? Like okay. if you don't have a TV in the house, and it's after seven days, you just don't have a TV around. Yeah. No, that seems solid. Yeah. I felt like they implied she'd still find you through some type of device or mechanism, though. Right. And also, it's America. Right. TVs are everywhere. So. You know, unless you want to go hide on, you know, acres, maybe a different continent somewhere. Like, you could try to physically escape from her, but... All right, she's supernatural. She's going to find you. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. But my whole point is, sure, I don't care if she finds you. How about you just... Self-sacrifice? It's not even so... 
how is it self-sacrifice if you watched a movie that people told you were going to murder you and then let your son watch the movie too and then why not just let it end there? So what I'll say is, you know, like being a parent, right? You get to that point where she's not she's not killing herself. You know, if, if she was killing herself, she might, not that they would do this in movies, but I think it would be an interesting conversation to say, do I self-sacrifice myself, let my child grow up an orphan, so I am not going to continue sort of this sure. killing spree. I think that's that's definitely a conversation yeah. topic. But in this instance, it's not her, right? It's her kid. And she cannot allow the idea that she could be the murder weapon, that, that she is killing her kid because she subjected her child to this. So she's the killing mechanism. So she thereby has to save the child. And to your point, she's willing to sacrifice an unknown human being in the place of her child. Well, that's right. accurate. So I I have another solution. So why doesn't... And, and it's a question, too. So could she watch the copy that he makes and get reinfected or whatever the word would be re tagged and then send him to live with his aunt who just lost her daughter and then she dies because she's a bad mom he goes to live with a mom who he probably seems like she's better than 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 her sister was and then everybody's happy they should have just showed it to brian cox yeah yeah i know right (laughs) here you go dad now it's time to check in with our friend patrick riley patrick is not a horror fan but his girlfriend lynn is She's been watching horror movies with Ed, Ann, and I for decades. Unfortunately for Patrick, he now gets to watch them too. Lynn has been nice enough to loan him to us for a non-horror fan perspective, and he's been listening in via phone. Did you watch the movie The Ring? I watched the movie. It was also my first time, Edward, so we share that commonality. Indeed, well, I would love to hear what your overall opinion of it was. Well, I enjoyed the movie. I didn't think it was uh, overall that scary. I've been exposed to some scarier movies uh, okay. in the horror world. Sure. But I did enjoy it. Uh, ultimately, I think the only reason I didn't find it that scary is because I'm not watching VHS movies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're 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 yeah. a bit you're a bit younger than we are, Patrick. Um, what what do you know? What static is on the TV? Are you still okay with that? I've seen static. <laughs> uh, Did you ever hope, the... like on a Saturday night, that maybe on Channel sixty seven it was a booby? <laughs> <laughs> I was in seventh grade when the movie came out. Sure, man. I did hear you guys talking about what grade you were in earlier. <laughs> wasn't a horror fan back then. Still not a horror fan now. So uh, I didn't go out of my way to see it back then. But overall, you you liked it. You thought it was uh, pretty decently done. Yeah, I thought it was. It started off very fast. You guys okay. mentioned that uh, the two girls in the house. I was like, "Oh, this is going down." <laughs> and then, uh, then you know, she was doing the investigative journalism stuff, and I was, you know, waiting for things to get intense again. And then the fly plucking scene—I was like, "All right, now things are getting somewhere." Wasn't yeah? But, okay, uh, I'm glad we all agree that that was like the like, highlight of the movie. Yeah. It's aside a turning from point. How creepy Aiden was. That's what I mean. Like when we talk about breaking that fourth wall, like yeah. that's when suddenly you're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Right? Like there's yeah. clearly something supernatural going on now. It was just right? so smooth and natural. Like the the graphics and the act. That whole scene was just it was good. Yeah, and the effects were just so well done for that time. I like even in 2002 when we when I saw that, I remember just thinking. Holy shit. Like, how did they do that? I'm glad you you mentioned that as well, Patrick. All right. Can, I'm sorry. We interrupted you. What else, you got anything else good? Oh, no. oh, 
Oh, I was going to say, I was the, the most freaked out when she was in the well at the end. Sorry to jump ahead. Well, that's fine. But, uh, we'll figure out how to do this later. While she was in the well and it was dark and mm-hmm. the thing was sliding back over the big old concrete slab was sliding over the top of it. I was yeah. like, yeah, I wouldn't want to be in there mm-hmm. at all. I, I don't, uh, Patrick, I actually don't think she would have survived getting hit with that TV. Those CRTs are pretty heavy. I don't know if you know what a CRT is. You're kind of young, flat screens, but, but, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, I don't know that she would have got survived getting hit by that and falling down that well. I've got to tell you, I got three points of contention. Number one, getting hit in the face with that television. Number two, you clearly see her beating her head off of the wall as she's going down. Number three, when they dropped a rock, you never heard it bing. So, that's really deep. I know. Suddenly, I, she's like, you know, 30 feet down. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh. And they're just talking to each other. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. I've, I've dropped rocks down tall things before. Yeah. Say that, say that again, Patrick. The flashlight all of a sudden illuminates the entire well, and he's like five feet away. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah. That's all good. <laughs> that flashlight came with uh, built-in floodlighting, didn't you know? And waterproofing this. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh. All right, Patrick. Well, I think um, you have places to be, so uh, we're going to let you go. Thanks for thanks for joining us, and uh, hopefully you'll... Uh, You'll be back again, uh, hopefully for a little longer next time. I appreciate your guys' time. Thanks for inviting me. I have one last thing to say about the movie. I wish they would just pick up the phone. They know who's calling. I'm tired of listening to it ring. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they should just hit silence or something like that. It was, come on, let's, somebody pick it up. Yeah. Hide from the phone. Also, Pri, I can just see who you're calling me on my phone when I look at you, right? <laughs> Pre-caller ID. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, it was great talking to you, Patrick. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, man. Now that we've reviewed the movie, it's time to rate it. Only the best movies make it to the top of the hill, and to be the best, they have to perform in three categories. Technical composition, how well the movie is written, the script, the acting, the direction, cinematography, effects. The impact. How it made you feel? Were you scared? Did you question reality? Did you question your faith in mankind? And enjoyment. Would you watch the movie again? Would you turn around tomorrow and watch it? Do you never want to see it again? So we're going to rate these movies on a scale of 1 to 10. The bottom being 1 to 3, generally considered a bloodbath and not in a good way. 4 to 6 is right in the middle of the scale. Mm, more of like that meh emoticon. I'd only watch it again if Lynn forces me to. Um, seven to nine, uh, reaching the top of the scale. I love gore, as in Gore Verbinski, um, the director of this film. And number 10 is I loved it so much I want to tattoo the face of Samara on my face. All right, I got to tell you, like right off the back, I'm starting with a five on technical composition. There were a lot of things visually and uh, sonically that I really enjoyed about this movie. I wasn't a huge fan of like the blue-green palette on everything. Um, But I got to tell you, overall, uh, I thought the camera work was very impressive. I liked the slow panning shots from things. I really enjoyed the one scene where uh, Naomi Watts was in her apartment and looking out across into, like, the bank of other apartments. It just really gave a good sense of, like, um, 
the loneliness. I think they were trying to get there, and I really appreciated that. Most of the acting I didn't actually care for. I gotta be honest. I uh, I liked Mr. Cox because he's always solid, but a lot of it was just I don't know. I felt kind of stilted. For the impact, however, I gotta give it a solid eight because whatever you want to say about this movie, what it did was open up a flood of new media and new stories and new ideas into American culture that had already been floating around in Japanese culture at that point. So, although not technically an impact it might have had on me, I feel like the impact this movie had on American cinema and stories is is very important. Uh, enjoyment, solid too. I, I, w- I would not go back to this. I did not like a lot of things about this. I don't want to ever watch this movie again. I missed it in 2002, and I feel like I, I was smarter then than I am now because of that. <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, Anne. You want to give your rating? Okay, so um, technical composition. So I felt like there are a lot of very interesting nuances in this as we talked about sort of the direction of the color opposites and the visual opposites and... Just kind of some unique, um, you know, pieces to it, like we said, with the marbles kind of swirling around the floor. Um, so I'm going to give the technical composition a, a bit higher of a rating, actually. Probably going to give that an 8. The impact, interestingly enough, so this is hard for me because, of course, having seen it back in the day, if I had rated this in a 2002, I might give the impact like a 9 or a 10. Like, it was a big, big deal. You know, watching it now, it's tough because, you know, A, I've seen it before, so the impact is naturally going to be less, and B, like, you know, we're so desensitized again to a a lot of these things. But like I said, I just think that Gore and crew did a really good job of sprinkling all these different pieces of suspense, thrill, horror, gore, you know, all throughout the piece. So overall impact, I'm going to give it a six. And enjoyment, I mean, I laugh, you know, again... As I said in the very beginning, I was pleasantly surprised by going back and seeing this. I enjoyed it actually more than I thought that I would. That's not to say that I overly enjoyed it. I'm certainly not on the top of the scale for this one. Do I want to go and see it again, right? Probably not. I'd probably want something that's just a little bit more philosophical, maybe. Just like a little different. So enjoyment scale for me is probably down about a three. For technical composition, I'm going to give The Ring a six. I felt it was above average. I enjoyed the cinematography. I thought the use of uh, the color palette, the greens and the blues, along with the obvious water motif that sort of changes to the the reds towards the end of the movie with the uh, tree and the fire was a good uh, decision. The acting, on the other hand, probably could have been stronger, although I'm not entirely sure if that's the fault of the actors themselves or just the material they were given. Uh, Naomi Watts did a good job of portraying the the mom. For impact, I am going to score the ring in eight. This is partially based on the impact the movie had on me in 2002 when I first saw it. It was a big deal, like I have said previously. It was scary. People were freaking out in the movie theater. Um, I was creeped out on the drive home. So it had a pretty big impact. 
Now, obviously, on the rewatch, it had less of an impact. And as you're watching a movie and sort of dissecting it as you're watching it, it's difficult sometimes to get the full sort of mood of the movie. But even on the rewatch, I felt it was creepy. It did an effective job. And for the enjoyment score, I am going to give The Ring a 6. I like the movie. I would watch it again. I probably wouldn't turn around and watch it tomorrow, but I could see watching it every year or two. It retains enough of its creepiness, I think, uh, to be enjoyable. Like I said previously, the VHS tape acts as a mystery box for the movie. So watching the imagery and then watching it play out throughout the movie is interesting. And you kind of see new things each time that you watch the movie. So I could see watching it again. I enjoyed it. So I'm giving it a six. So, Anne, if we average our individual scores together, what does that give us for each of us individually? And then if we average all of our scores together, what does that give the final score for The Ring? So at the end of the day, Ed ranked this uh, an average of five. So right in the middle there. And myself, I rank this uh, 5.6. So right there, you know, just a little bit above average. And Ray, you ranked this an ominous 6.66. Excellent. Yeah, so all three of those average out. We have a 5.7. Okay, thanks, Anne. Well, that about wraps it up. The Ring is the first movie we reviewed, so it currently sits on the top of the hill. But I don't expect it'll stay there that long. If you've enjoyed this podcast, help us grow our audience. Rate and review us on iTunes, and please share with your friends and family on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media platforms. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Hilltop Horror Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Ray Richards, and on behalf of my co-hosts, I hope you'll join us next time when we review 2014's Annabelle.